but you need to make the preemptive decision to put him back in the game sooner because he had six minutes of rest in that second quarter and that's when the um, that's when the lead of theirs that they grew to be 16 points just went poof gone and smoked Hello and welcome to the Tuesday, July 20th edition of the TV on Basketball Podcast with your host, TV. Hope you're all having a fantastic day and thank you for clicking on to watch or listen to today's episode. Before we start, I do have to plug my other platforms. Remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for updates on the podcast and for other great content. If you are new to remember to like, share, and subscribe, that would be highly appreciated. And also, hit the notification bell while you're at it so you won't miss a video. This is probably going to be my last episode before I completely just recap the NBA Finals in general because Game 6 is tonight as of um, this being posted. And then I'm probably going to make a like a podcast episode after Game 7 or Game 6 happens, whether like whether it happened, um, whether Game 7 happens or not. I'm going to um, record a podcast after that. So that's probably going to be the last um, podcast before the end of the Finals. So yeah, thanks for sticking around with it. And yeah, for all of my other podcast listeners, remember to subscribe and leave a review if you're on Apple. And as for my Spotify Anchor Podbean listeners, just continue to show your support in any way possible. That would be highly, highly appreciated. I have an awesome show lined up for you guys today. I'm going to be recapping Game 5 um, and the, just the crazy things that happened in that game. Obviously, I'm going to preview Game 6, which will be happening tonight as of, um, as of this being posted. And there's also some two topics at the end, you know, talking about a new coach hiring and a very, very unfortunate surgery that had to happen um, in the in these last in this last week. So action packed episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thank you guys for all the support. But yeah, let's get right into it. Sit back, relax and let's get into topic number one. And we're going to be talking about game five of the NBA finals. And man, this was a game. I said Game 4 was probably the best game of the Finals. This for sure was the best game of the Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks are now one win away from the NBA Finals as they defeat the Phoenix Suns 123-119 to just get the win and move one win closer to the NBA Finals. Crazy, crazy game. I just let's just get right into it. I mean, right at the beginning of this game, the Suns just were red hot out the gate, thirty-seven to twenty-one after the first quarter, and it really did have that feel early in the game, that like kind of like game one and game two, like the Suns just something about the home court where they just play differently, they get this newfound energy, and then it really looked like to be one of those situations like man, home court is gonna be absolutely massive here, and it looks like the Suns are just gonna cruise to another victory. But that all changed really quickly in the second quarter when um, Monty Williams took Devin Booker out the game to give him some rest. And the Suns honestly just collapsed. I mean, um, Drew Holiday played very well in that second quarter. The other guys on the Bucks started getting going. But it was a lot of Drew Holiday, especially on the offensive end. I mean, he finished the first half with 18 points. This guy was keeping them afloat and was a big reason why they came back in this game in the second quarter. And the Bucks' momentum just carried over into the third quarter as well because not only were they um, did they come back in the game in the second quarter, outscoring the Suns team forty-three to to twenty-four, basically getting a two-point lead going into the half. 
they played extremely well in the third quarter. And they got the lead basically up to 16. The Bucks completely turned this game around. And it really did feel like the Milwaukee Bucks like just fa- just found something. They found something in their big three finally. And if you're the Phoenix Suns, if you see Drew Holiday going for 27 and 13, Drew, um, Chris Milton hitting, um, scoring 29 points, and Giannis with 32, it's going to be tough. That's going to be extremely tough to go against. And the Suns, I'm not going to say they played bad on the offensive end because they didn't. They had five guys scoring in double figures. Booker, another fantastic performance, 40 points in this one. 20 and 10 for DeAndre Aiden, 21 and 11 for Chris Paul. But at the end of the day, the Milwaukee Bucks getting at least 27 from each of their big three in this game was something that they just needed, especially to get a very, very tough home win against one of the rowdiest crowds, one of the most hyped crowds in the NBA and the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they've shown that all playoffs long. And the fact they were able to overcome this and get the win, highly, highly impressive win for the Milwaukee Bucks. And... I just want to give them the roses. I mean, I I, always, I don't always want to start off with like negativity towards the losing team and stuff like that, but we just got to talk how great this Bucks team has been here because Giannis, even though he was he had thirty two points, nine rebounds, six assists, and had probably one of the highlights of the the finals at the at the end. It it was Drew Holiday. It was Drew Holiday in this game, just get letting the game come to him. He has always been a beast on the defensive end. He's shown that all playoffs long. But in this game, the offensive game finally came with that defensive performance. And what I loved about Drew Holiday, um, especially in this game, is that, look, his biggest play of the game, the biggest highlight that he had in this entire game, was a defensive play. And it's so impressive watching Drew Holiday play defense. I mean... He kind of has a Kawhi Leonard feel to him where you could just feel like he could just lock you down. And there's not many guards in the league where you could be like, go on him, um, do your best to contain him. And Drew Holiday has been doing that against some of the best guards in the game. Trey Young in round three, Kyrie Irving in round two. And now you're going up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And sometimes he has the assignment of both. Like he kind of flip-flops. It was great. And that highlight at the end. The game ceiling play where Devin Booker had the ball, twenty seconds left, one like one point game. Drew Holiday comes over, and clean. I don't care what anybody says. Cleanly rips Devin Booker, goes down to court, and just trusts Giannis to get up there, get the ball, and one. That is curtains right there. Drew Holiday's highlight was a defensive play, and he made it look so beautiful that the lob, trusting Giannis, I mean, Giannis was talking about the game. I mean, if Drew, if Drew Holiday missed that pass, it's on Drew Holiday. He's the one who's going to get blamed for all this, even though Giannis was begging for him to throw it up. But the trust this team just has in one another, even when they're, they're up by one, like trusting Giannis to go up there and get that ball and slam it down, just shows you the continuity of this Bucks team and how important it is to keep this a core group of guys together for a long time because this is coming into play. And although Drew Holiday just came in this year, he's just one of those players that you could just plug into a lot of systems and he could just get, just produce and just give you an impact. 
And I'm not, I'm not going to say because he doesn't have many great offensive games that he hasn't been good all playoffs long. But his defensive play is the one that's standing out. And I'm happy just he finally had the, I mean, like I said, he just finally had the offensive game to match with it. Because with Giannis on the court, he's had trouble finding his offensive game. If you think of his best two games, I mean, what were they? Against the Atlanta Hawks, when Giannis wasn't playing. Now, obviously, the Bucks are better with Giannis, so I'm not saying, it. look, to get Drew Holiday going, maybe it's best if he said Giannis. Of course not. But Drew Holiday hasn't figured it out, at least on the offensive end, trying to, like, mesh with Giannis. But Saturday was just a, Saturday was just a perfect storm. Milton with 29, him with 27, Giannis with 32. We were hoping to get one of these games, and we actually got it. And the thing about Drew Holiday is, like, he is not afraid to shoot the ball. Which is great for someone like like who's so important to that offense. He never let his head down, and he finally just got things going, and it finally clicked for him in that game, the most important game of the back, the Bucks season, probably the most important Bucks game in the last forty years, and he pulled through. He pulled through. He got the steal. He got that highlight, and he played well, so good throughout the entire game. Like I said, eighteen points in the first quarter, finished off with thirteen assists, was absolutely fantastic. And I'm glad that he's, I mean, I knew that he was an upgrade over Bledsoe throughout this entire playoffs. I mean, what he's done in the defensive end is already more important than what Bledsoe has done for the Bucks in the last two, three years he was there. But Drew Holiday, having these type of offensive games is why you upgrade Eric Bledsoe to him. This is why you trade a bunch of draft picks to get him. This is why he's had him to a max extension. And he did that. He performed his role perfectly. And that trade is worth it. Now they're just one win away from the NBA Finals, which is absolutely crazy. In the last video, I bigged up Middleton a bunch. One of these other videos, I talked about Giannis. And now that fact that I'm talking about Drew Holiday and we finally got the Drew Holiday game just shows, man, that this Bucks team is deep. They trust each other. And their offense, could, you could get it from anyone. You could get it from anyone. They, sometimes they might not hit. But Drew Holiday is capable of it. And he finally showed that in Game 5. I gave the Bucks the roses. Let's move on to the Phoenix Suns because I'm like I said earlier, I don't think they played a horrible game. They did it. But I do have a few critiques from that game. They just rely too much on Devin Booker. They do. And I'm not making an excuse for Chris Paul whatsoever. But you could tell that something is bothering him. I think it's his left hand. From when I was watching that game, he was favoring his left hand a lot. It looked like he didn't even like want to touch the ball at some possessions. I mean, it was a rough tie for Chris Paul. But they rely too much on Devin Booker. And that's no excuse, especially in a finals game. Especially with Chris Paul's best chance to get an NBA championship. This type of stuff can't happen. Chris Paul, like I said, statistically 21-11. and 11, But again, he just didn't feel like he had the same impact in this game as he has in other games. And he had 9 points in the 4th quarter. He had some buckets that kept the game close there for Phoenix. But he didn't have a great all-around Chris Paul game. I mean, with the Bucks playing that well, you needed a 30-point Chris Paul game. You needed one of those games against Denver, one of those games against, you know, like one of those Denver games, one of those games against the Clippers. You needed that in this one, especially with how good the Bucks are playing. And they just didn't get it. And Devin Booker is producing. 40 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. If you're looking for Devin Booker to be your primary distributor, they're playing the game wrong. They're playing the game absolutely wrong. Chris Paul needs to handle the ball every single possession he's on the court. 
I know Devin Booker's on fire, but Chris Paul's your playmaker. He has to be doing his thing. We call him the point guard for a reason. And that whole thing with taking Devin Booker out in the second quarter, Monty Williams needs to know that in these type of scenarios, I know Devin Booker needs his rest. He played very well in that first quarter. But you need to make the preemptive decision to put him back in the game sooner because he had six minutes of rest in that second quarter. And that's when the um, that's when the lead of theirs that they grew to be 16 points just went poof, gone in smokes because Monty Williams just didn't adjust in time. I mean, if it got down to a to like a 10 point game or something like that, they he still wouldn't have put in Devin Booker, and that's a problem because Mike Budenholzer, if he made that decision, he would be getting slandered today. Because it's Monty Williams, because it's the Suns, they're not gonna get that because he, they have a better reputation than him. But yeah. Besides that, Chris Paul needs to get better. Indy can't be relying on Devin Booker too much. But the Suns supporting cast got to do better. I mean, maybe it's just a drop of plays because Mikel Bridges had played in 32 minutes, 13 points, 5 of 6 shooting. He should have had more shots. DeAndre Aiden, only 12 shots. He needs to get inside more. They just need a bit more from their supporting cast, especially Chris Paul, because especially when the Bucks have that type of game going, they need, they need an extraordinary performance. To beat them at home. And they didn't. And they absolutely didn't. And now they're down 3-2. When they had the series 2-0. I mean obviously series are not over over two after 2-0. But like Devin Booker said after the game. In game 5. I mean they had a 16 point lead. But they just let go of the. Um, they just stepped off the gas pedal. Plain and simple. And I do want to talk about one more thing about CP3. Because this really does irritate me. That last play on Giannis, where the one where Drew Holiday threw a lob up to him, he got the ball. Chris Paul just shoved him midair. No attempt at the ball whatsoever. He saw the seven-point man trying to basically just jump over him, and he just pushed him near the crotch area, and nothing. I know Chris Paul is a great player, but that there was dirty. That there was play out dirty, and if it wasn't for Giannis' freakish athleticism to finish off that play... That could have ended in an extremely dangerous scenario. I mean, Devin, I mean, Chris Paul's already getting slandered for this attempt anyway. But if Yoss got injured, he, honestly, I could see him facing a suspension if that didn't result in a, and won. That's absolutely crazy. Not even in a flagrant foul, which is extremely, extremely crazy to me. But that play was dirty. It kind of turned a lot of people off Chris Paul. I mean, a lot of people were just off the Chris Paul bandwagon in general at the moment. Because of kind of the Bucks, how they are and stuff. But, man, that is not helping your case. That was clearly a frustration foul saying, oh, the game is over. Let me just, you know, show off my frustration. And that could have led to a very, very dangerous scenario. So, yeah, very, very dirty play from Chris Paul. I didn't like that at all. Thankfully, Giannis finished that. And he's just, honestly, they call him a Greek freak for a reason. I mean, his athletic ability is absolutely insane. And the fact that he was able to finish that play off, crazy, crazy. Before we move on to the Game 6 preview, I do just want to talk about also kind of how the narrative has flipped in this series. And what I mean by that is, beginning of the series, people are like, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks made it here because, you know, they they, they took down the Brooklyn Nets, yada, 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 without um James basically James Harden at 60%, no Kyrie Irving. They beat the Atlanta Hawks with Trey Young not being 100% and all that stuff. And now they go against the Suns and they're like oh I want the Suns to win Chris Paul first finals first time a chance at a championship people are all for that 
But I don't know about you, but from the way I see reactions on the internet, the way I see it in the videos, and the whole, the whole narrative of the series, I think people want the Bucks to win. Maybe it's because they're a great just all-around team, and they kind of want to see someone like Giannis who start from the very bottom succeed. But maybe it's just because they're just honestly most relatable. They're the type of team that we... Um, NBA fans want to have in the NBA Finals. I mean, obviously, it's not like the LeBron ADs or the Brooklyn Nets star power, but a place where a team grows organically, a team that kind of sticks it together saying, look, I know we've had our struggles, but just give it some time and they'll figure it out. They finally figured it out. They got it going. They're Honestly, their press conferences are great, the way that they're so humble, the fact that they're so focused, and the way that Giannis has carried himself, I mean... I think the narrative has flipped to the, state, the people wanting the Suns to win. And I mean, like I said, that um, um, that play by Chris Paul at the end didn't help the case. But now I think I, I want the Bucks to win. I really do. I mean, I had the Suns winning in seven. but And I honestly want the Suns to win because you know Chris Paul and all that. But now I want Giannis to win, man. I mean, the fact that he's so humble, the fact that he focused so much on his game, it's admirable. And... You just want to see this guy succeed. I mean, the way that he was brought up. I mean, there's going to be a whole movie about him coming, I believe, next year or the year after. I'm just excited. I'm just excited. And the way that the like the Bucks are carrying themselves is cool. It's just really, really cool. And they're not, you know, overreacting to things. I mean, I mean, Giannis said uh, in his press conference today, which is the Monday before this is being released, he basically said, like, look, it's easy to get caught up in all this and all that. You know, being one game away from the NBA Finals, but they're focused on this game. They said they have. It's about having that mental toughness, and it's just so like refreshing to hear a, like a team like the Bucks um, finally get their opportunity and them playing so well at a high level. You just got, you just gotta love it. You just gotta love it. And I just find it funny how at the beginning of the series, everyone felt like they were a Suns fan that they wanted Chris Paul to win, and now just because of press conferences, because of things that happen on the court. You want to see the Bucks to win. I want to see the Bucks to win. But it's just crazy how the narrative has flipped like that. And I I think it's gonna it's gonna be a crazy, crazy game six. But I do I would like to see the Bucks to win. I would. And I think like the fact that it's changed for me as well. It's pretty crazy. Definitely pretty crazy. But yeah, just to if you like just like a whole to encapsulate this whole thing, it was just a offensive masterclass from both teams, honestly, in game five. But the Bucks, like they've done all all playoffs long, they just had the extra effort, and that's how they're able to pull out the win. Good win for Milwaukee. Game six is this thir- is this is tonight. Excited to see if the Suns are going to be able to bounce back. Now let's talk about Game six. And now let us talk about Game six. And the Suns need to steal one at home. The Bucks got theirs. Now they're in a do or die situation where they're up 2-0. And what's tough about this is that the Bucks have all the confidence in the world. They've been running this same system for the last three games, attacking the rim, getting the the perimeter guys open, getting their shots inside and out. And the Suns look like they just have no way of stopping it. So we look at the Suns' keys to the game. How are they going to be able to pull out this victory on the road in an elimination game? Well, like I said earlier, CB3 just needs to run the offense no matter what he's on the no matter when he's on the court. His, his hand might be bothering him. Nothing is confirmed, but it's just an observation I've made. But Devin Booker being the primary ball handler, yes, he's getting you buckets. He's not getting the ball movement. He's not really, like, feeding into what the Phoenix Suns do best. And they haven't shown that these last few games. So 
the way for them to win is they need to run all their offense through CP. Devin Booker, he might have to play 48 minutes because as seen in the in the time that he was out, it looked rough. It looked very, very, very rough. And Devin Booker is going to need, I'm not going to say he will, but he might need to play 48 minutes if it does come close. If it really looks shaky for the Phoenix Suns, they're going to need to play Devin Booker a lot, a lot of minutes. So, I mean, we've seen Kevin Durant do that. We've seen Giannis do it on separate occasions. But Devin Booker, you need to, you're going to need to pull up your big boy plans for this one. Drink some Gatorade because you're going to be run through the ground um, tonight. So, yeah, they need to just get um, Devin Booker on the court just to keep him as a threat. Another thing they need to do is they need to have two of the best three players on the court. Whether it's Booker or Aiden, Chris Paul, Aiden, Chris Paul, Booker, whatever. These need to have the two of the three best players on the court and not let what happened in Game 5 have a repeat here. And they also got to hope that, you know, I know this is a weird key to the game, but they got to hope that Middleton and Holiday do cool off. I mean, Holiday, this could be like an offensive anomaly for him. And for Chris Middleton, I mean, he's shown that when he's at the top of his game, he kind of starts going down slightly after that. So maybe they're hoping for another Chris Middleton game. But, man, the Suns definitely need to, they definitely need these things to go right for them, and they need to play at their absolute best to force a Game 7 because they are in the panic seat right now. They are in the um, they have all the pressure on them. And it's going to be really exciting to see how they respond, especially on the road. Now, if you're the Bucks, I mean, what else am I going to say? It's very similar to what I said in the last episode. I mean, the only thing I could say here is if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stick with the plan. Stick and stay focused. Don't kind of have your your head at that championship ceremony just yet. Because this Phoenix Suns team is scrappy. They've shown that in the entire playoffs. And, no matter, and they've shown that they could face adversity, like a 3-2 deficit. They need to stick with that. They need to continue to trust each other. Giannis is going to have to play a bunch of minutes. And he's going to have to try his best to be the best version of himself on both ends. Like he's been doing all series long. So, I mean, the Bucks have all the momentum. They just need to keep it up. They got to trust each other. And I think that um, they just got to stick to the game plan. Plain and simple. The Suns here have to make adjustments. The Bucks, I mean, if Bud's smart, don't, don't do anything too extravagant. Stick with what you got. They have two chances at this. And I think if you're the Bucks, you write your chances um, in an elimination game at home. So let's see if they're able to get the win. If I had to pick one, if I had to pick one winner, I'm hoping for a game seven. So I'm, I would be rooting for the Suns in this game just so we can have a, a nice classic long series. But with, with my head, I mean, that's my that's my heart. That's why I'm voting with my heart. But in my head... The Bucks have the momentum. Whether you believe in momentum or not, the Bucks have all the confidence in the world, and they have a game plan to take down the Suns. I don't see the Suns like a way for them to prevent it all right away. So, and I think it's going to be extremely tough in Game Six, especially in 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 a way of our environment. I have the Bucks winning this, but I do want the Suns to win just so we can see a Game Seven Thursday night. But yeah, that was my NBA playoffs talk. Let me know down below what you guys think. Who do you think is winning Game Six? What are your thoughts on Game 5? Let me know down in the comments of this. Let me know in the comments of my Instagram. Shoot me a DM. All that good stuff. Before we close out today's episode, we do have some other news and notes from around the NBA. Um, Wes Unsell Jr. Was, um, is now hired by the Washington Wizards on a four-year deal to be their next head coach. A couple months ago, Scott Brooks was let go from the team. 
And they were one of the last teams in this head coaching search, along with the New Orleans Pelicans. But the Wizards got their guy. They got Wes, Wes Unseld Jr., which is pretty cool because Wes Unseld Sr., the dad, was a, is a Washington legend. So that's pretty cool. But what this hiring tells me, I mean, I don't know like his schemes or tactics, yada, yada, yada. But what this indicates to me, especially hiring a first-time head coach, it just feels like a rebuild is coming. And if I'm the um, Wizards, plain and simple, I'm telling them right now, they got to sell Bradley Beal when his value is at an all-time high. You don't want to have a James Harden scenario where you're just getting, kind of going to get less for him. Try to move him in the offseason. I don't know what you're going to do with Westbrook or not, but they can, But Bradley Beal's value is still high. I think he's your biggest trade piece. If you're going to start over, you're going to have to start by trading away Bradley Beal and as part of the last iteration of the Washington Wizards. So, yeah. I mean, congrats to Wes Unsold. First time head coaching gig, um, like I said. But if, if I'm a Wizards fan, the writing is there. The signs are there that they're going to be starting to rebuild soon, which means trading away um, possibly Russell Westbrook, but it should be Bradley Beal. He should be the one going for sure. Another news that happened this week, and this is sad news to report, but Kawhi Leonard. I mean, now we have a, an official diagnosis for what happened um, in the Western Conference Finals and at the end of the semifinals versus the Utah Jazz. We found out that Kawhi basically had a partially torn ACL in his left knee, in his left leg, and he got surgery, and he's going to miss basically the next seven to nine months, which is going to change a lot for the um, for the Clippers. Not going to make them as much of a contenders anymore. I mean, the best hope they can get is maybe getting Kawhi maybe a month, maybe a month and a half before the end of the season, but it's going to be extremely tough for the um, Clippers to come back from this. I don't know what other moves they're going to make. Maybe they might get a point guard. We'll have to see. But, it's yeah, this is highly unfortunate. I mean, it, it seemed bad. The fact that they were just ruling him out every single game, like two, like one or two days early, kind of told you the story. But Barstreet's torn ACL still sucks. Kawhi has had some, definitely had his uh, um, issues in the past in terms of health. But, again, I mean, it was just hard to see the, the Clippers go out that way. Maybe they would have been in the NBA Finals. Who knows if Kawhi was there. But, you know, this absolutely sucks for him and sucks for Clippers fans if he does resign. Now, in terms of resigning, I do think that it won't affect kind of where he lands. Because whether he's injured for the rest of the season or at least for the majority of the season, someone was going to be kind of like the Kevin Durant situation with the Brooklyn Nets. They're going to probably think like, I don't care. Kawhi Leonard is a um, top five NBA player. He's a finals MVP. He's shown why he's one of the best players in basketball. We're going to take him anyway. And I think teams like the Dallas Mavericks would be okay with doing that. Obviously, the Clippers and whoever else is on his radar. I mean, the, the New York Knicks, for goodness sake, could be waiting a year for Kawhi Leonard. And I wouldn't be surprised. But it is what it is. Um, hopefully, Kawhi Leonard gets back and healthy again, playing at his best. But it's absolutely unfortunate that um, he had to go through the surgery for sure. But yeah, those are the other news and notes. Let me know down below what you guys think. And just anything from the podcast. I mean, talk about Game 5, talk about games, um, Preview Game 6. Just let me know. Leave your thoughts in the comment section below. But I think this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Remember to show love on all the podcast channels. Like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell if you're on YouTube. And also remember to follow at TV on Basketball on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for some awesome content. This week, like I said, I'm going to be pre um, reviewing the rest of the finals. Whether it happens in Game 6, whether it happens in Game 7. Who knows, but I'm going to be posting that episode Friday. 
Friday or Saturday. I'll, I'll think about it. But um, if the at the very least, um, it could be even Friday. At, at the very least, Friday, possibly Saturday, depending on how many games this goes. But you should be looking out for that. And like I said, after the finals, I'm going to have a more um, consistent schedule. We're going to be talking with some free agencies after this season, some NBA draft. Be on the lookout for, on the lookout for that. Just some great content upcoming for you guys. And again, thank you guys for all the support. 40 subscribers, almost 3,100 downloads on the podcast. I really do appreciate all of you. And yeah, this is where we're going to end today's episode. Hope you all have a fantastic day. This is TV signing out. Take it easy, guys. Peace.